Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. What we find very effective is having sort of time boxed um, questions and everybody thinks about, you know, this question and puts down as many post-its as possible in, in the time box. And then we come back together and, and share. So it's, it's, it's kind of this going back back and forth from individual thinking, what is my thoughts about these questions, and so on and so forth, and then back into the group setting again, sharing, hey, these these were the things that, that I thought about, about this question, and that's where many new ideas come up, or where you see, you know, clusters of, of similar ideas that, that emerge from, from different people having, having similar thoughts, so that's, I think, really a, a powerful way, this mixing of individual thinking and, and sharing in the group. Hey, U-Turners, it's Ash here, and I am so excited to bring with you on this work category this week, Gabriel Otino. He is the CEO of enterprise scheduling tool Doodle. Based in Switzerland, uh, I don't know about you, but I am tired sometimes of feeling like my time gets wasted in meetings and, and and not just meetings, but scheduling meetings. This is what got me into using his tool Doodle. And I know a lot of you who are listening probably have too. Uh, they studied 19 million meetings for their 2019 state of meetings report and found that companies in the U.S. will waste around 400 billion, 399 to be exact, 399 billion between scheduling and sitting in these sorts of meetings. So, of course, I want to ask him all about how you can be more productive at work, in life, in your meetings, all of the things. Gabriel, thank you so much for making the time. It's great to be here. Thanks, Ash, for having me. Yeah, I I know that as someone who works at Doodle and runs the whole company, you've got to be pretty passionate about effectiveness. So uh, I'm curious what has led you to Doodle. I saw that in your career, you've done a lot of work in marketing. You have, you know, needless to say, a very impressive resume. Um, have you always been incredibly driven and and what is it that drives you? Yeah, that's a really good, really good question. Yes, I've, I've always, I've always been very driven to really, to really achieve the, the goals that I, and I set my, my mind to, um, and uh, yeah, it started out essentially with studying physics, not not the the easiest subject around, but a really really interesting one, and and one uh, yeah that that I felt really passionate about. And you yeah, it, it started there, right? You have to you have to really get yourself organized and and get into into all of these um, kind of 
complex concepts and so on and so forth. And and that's what got me started. And, and that's what, yeah, the kind of structured, rational mind I am, where mm. I try to really, you know, take down problems into smaller chunks to make them um, so that I can handle them, right? And, yeah. and, and that's, that's where that's where you know using productivity tools or you know trying out every to-do app um on on the moon and on the earth um you know brought me brought me you know essentially as well to to doodle and to this passion of 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 improving productivity for for everybody yeah it's it's actually i feel like doodle reminds me kind of of the post-it in a way it's like how did somebody not think of this you know like we struggle so much um, set scheduling meetings and doodle with my friends. I mean, we use it to go out to dinner. It's like yeah. trying to round up seven women who are busy and own businesses in LA who knew would be such a challenge. And doodle has been such a solution for us. So, um, I know that leading up to working at doodle, you also went to business school in London. I went to school uh, down the street at King's college in London. Um, oh, nice. yeah. So we're, we're neighbors. Um, and actually it was <laughs> the same year as you. So it's funny, funny how things work. And I see that you were also the CMO for fashion friends. So, I wanted to ask you a little bit about marketing and for everybody listening, because I know a lot of people who listen, even if they don't work in marketing, ultimately we all have to value marketing. It's what keeps companies alive. So um, what are some of your favorite tools or approaches to marketing? Because I see that you grew the fashion friends community quite a bit in your career. Yeah, uh, it's it's quite it's quite a while ago though. So it's a yeah. it's, it's, it's a while uh, that I've been that I've been in marketing. Um, you know, at, at that time, I think uh, the entire you know today there's an entire ecosystem of tools and technology, and and there's even an acronym marketing tech, martech, uh, which which was all not there at that at that point in time. And uh, essentially, we ran a blog that was running a lot of the the sales that we were running on uh, on fashion friends essentially it's uh, it's like guilt so it it was a it's it's a fashion uh, it's a fashion site like like guilt in in the us or or other models that are similar and so we were essentially writing blog posts uh, using swiss media uh, already at that point when i was was there um the media company that also owns doodle had a small investment um, in fashion friends so we were able to use their media and obviously we used already back then it's like a, it's almost yeah it's nine years ago ten years yeah, ago yeah i know already it's, so much has gone on in marketing google google adwords uh, obviously we had we did first trials with uh, with facebook ads um back in a time when that was really something new wow uh, it was amazing how you could you could shape your um, your audiences. So um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's how we uh, how we went there. I think what I what I found out during that time as well is that marketing is 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 great and it, it really keeps um, a lot of the a lot of the companies running. But that I also was more interested in in the more strategic part of how to develop a business, how to run a business, and. And that, you know, in the end, some years down the line, led me um, to to able to to get the the CEO gig uh, here at Google as well. That's wonderful. I'm sure that that was a really exciting move for you. And it it, it is interesting to even ask you about marketing because you you can only look at something a decade ago and think to yourself, so much has changed. There's so much more available. <laughs> exactly. And um, for me as a business owner, I my first company was really big on Facebook ads and. 
we did millions of dollars on an e-course and, and then we lost a lot because ads got more expensive. So I know marketing is a dance that everybody who plays with the newest tools has to do. Um, and I can't help but ask you with doodle, like what are some of your favorite ways to get doodle out there? Um, for everybody who's listening, I know you're on a podcast now, but, um, my sense is that, um, it's such a useful software that a lot of people don't know about as well. Um, so what are your, some of your favorite strategies that you guys are, are employing right now to, to market it for anybody right now who's listening, working in marketing and wants to get some creative inspiration? Yeah, that's a, that's a question we, we, we ask ourselves every day as yeah. well, right? What is the next thing that, that will help this market uh, market doodle better? One of the great things we actually have that is essentially built into doodle is is its virality, right? Yeah. So, so a regular doodle um, in on average goes out to six to seven participants or six to seven people participate in a doodle on average. So it goes out to even more people who maybe, you know, don't click the box. And so we get most of the people um, that create their first doodle, they have participated at some point in the past and, and have seen how, how simple the you know, the experience is and the solution is for, for the scheduling problem. And so when they get to their own need of needing to schedule something, they think, oh, there was this tool back then that I used or that my, my friend sent me around and so on. So essentially we grow mostly organically, especially on, you know, on the, on the regular Doodle groups product for, for group events. And, and so, uh, and so that's, that's our biggest growth growth engine really and then what we're doing now much more on the marketing side also as we are you know switching over to more of a subscription model um from from the advertising model that that is still a big part of our revenue Mm. is is how do we bring the people that already use doodle how do we bring them into a subscription into a trial and how do we nurture them and how do we make sure they renew and how do we, you know, um, reach out to larger companies? Because we know that hundreds of people in huge corporations use Doodle on a regular basis. And so how can we reach out to them and make them large paying customers, um, you know, that that employ Doodle across their entire corporation? But that's much more the focus of our marketing now is, you know, demand generation, getting more leads from enterprise, possible enterprise customers into into our funnel and then working the funnel of these opportunities and, and close larger um, enterprise deals. Wonderful. Okay. And, you know, even for me, it's, it's the ultimate thought is I have a book coming out with my publisher next year and it's, it's been very much a similar mindset. Um, and I think a lot of people in marketing don't always think this way, even though it's a basic question is how do we get our one product with one hit of business into many hands, you know? And so I I love that Doodle is thinking about these next level steps. Uh, I certainly am surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs who have membership products and it is such a science as well as it is an art. Um, So I'm glad that you guys are focused on that. And, you know, I know that productivity means a lot to you having running a company that with a software that's devoted to productivity. So can you tell me a little bit about how are you guys over at Doodle the kings and queens of productivity running your meetings? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, so we're really 
focusing on on making great meetings happen. So obviously the first step is is the scheduling part. And so we we have sort of an, an unwritten rule, if you wish, that um, all of the meetings that we schedule should be scheduled using one of our products, right? And so if there is a group meeting um, that needs to be scheduled, obviously you know, we need to, we should use Doodle groups and send it out and give, you know, some options to people and see, you know, which one wins. Um, then we have um, our Doodle 101 feature um, where you essentially take some slots out of, um, out of your calendar and share just those and the other person just chooses one and it goes directly into your calendar all the way to sort of a sign-up sheet um, where you can just say, hey, look, these are my office hours, this is my availability, just go book a slot um, with me. And so so that's kind of, kind of the unwritten rule uh, that you should be using a Doodle product to schedule your meetings, quite obvious for, for us. And then the meetings themselves, I think, you know, there is a, there is a couple of very, very simple um, things everybody can do to make their meetings more effective. And one of the simplest one that I'm using is, you know, make the event title exactly what the meeting is about, right? Mm -hmm. Very often you have uh, coffee with so-and-so or a team meeting, so-and-so project, um, X, Y, Z. No, just say this is the decision meeting for the milestone of releasing um, this project. And, and so everybody knows coming in what it is about. Mm-hmm. And so the next level of sophistication is having an actual agenda. So obviously helps to know what is um, the meeting agenda, um, sharing your documents um, in ahead enough so that people can actually read it and digest it, make people read it and digest it. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. they haven't, um, what we do in our management meeting, for example, if somebody hasn't had you know, the time to to read the summary that everybody is supposed to write uh, ahead, or if somebody has written something new in, in the summary that, that they have shared ahead, um, we just say, okay, let's take five minutes, everybody reads the new piece that, um, you know, Alex has, has shared with us so that we're all on the same page. And so you make sure that people have read it, understood it, and then you can have an informed um, discussion. Okay. This is helpful. And I know that also one of the biggest challenges is, you know, not just for people to make decisions, but for everybody to feel heard. Because I know that, uh, for example, I have a client who her company just implemented 8.45 a.m. meetings um, to collaborate and connect every day. I have a whole slew of opinion about an 8.45 a.m meeting every single day. I just argue, like, I, I wonder if it can actually be productive, but they've got about 40 people in there. So usually it just, it looks like the vice president, you know, talking to them and then them all going into their work day. Um, what are some thoughts you have around making sure that everybody gets heard? Um, cause I know that some people listening right now, you know, if you're listening, you're probably maybe a manager or a director, you know, or even an admin assistant who has an opinion, you know, anybody, what are some thoughts you have on that? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So I think, I mean, one of my immediate thoughts that I have there is we do a lot of remote meetings. We are pretty distributed. Um, we just started, um, out with, uh, with, um, 
um, some locations in the U.S. and in in Europe, we have uh, you know a headquarter in Zurich and um, uh, a development location in Belgrade and another one uh, location in in Berlin. So one of the big things is how do we make sure that everybody in a in a remote meeting gets heard because not everybody's sitting in the room and so you have to you know consciously address the people that are not in the room to make sure that, that they are heard. So that's that's definitely one really being aware who is in the room and who isn't and make sure that that those who are not are are heard as well. And then the other um, that I agree is is, is a real challenge um, is how do you how do you create a, a culture and, and a feeling where, where everybody feels they can they can speak up and it's a safe space there is no you know if you're critical it's taken as a positive um, input to to make things better and 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 so what we've introduced in our weekly all hands um, some some time ago, is a slot where we just say, hey, what are good or bad things that happened in the last week? And and so everybody is 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 invited to share, you know, the great achievements of their team or or some individuals or you know or thanking somebody for their contribution to making their job easier and so on and so forth. But we also say, hey, look, what are things that, that didn't work, right? What were some of the failures or what are things that could have gone better mm-hmm. and and we're trying to to really actively point them out as you know, it's it's okay it's it's what we're supposed to do right if we didn't fail um we, we wouldn't be trying new things right yeah. um and and so so that's that's some of the things we do um to really make sure um that the people feel heard and, and have this and obviously, the smaller teams, like feature teams that that work on different parts of the product, um, they have their daily stand-up. Um, so they say, "Hey, look, I did this, this and that yesterday. I'm planning to do this and this. These are the blockers, so that everybody's on the same page. Um, yeah. What is happening throughout the day? Yeah, and that's and really it's, cool. Okay, I I list. I was reading your annual, you know, your state of the meetings report and. I saw that nearly two-thirds, 71% to be exact, of professionals are losing time every week due to unnecessary meetings. And this actually breaks my heart because when I really tune into that, it really just means that they're going to get home later to their family. They're going to um, have less time to get their work done, more stress at work. I mean, these meetings are just gobbling at their spirit when they don't need to be happening. And I know that there's companies like Dropbox who proactively erased all recurring meetings from employees' calendars. And I, I, I think that this idea of making sure everybody's heard and creating space for everybody. But what I also get curious about with a leader like you is how do you navigate it when um, the meeting becomes kind of like a dictatorship where some sometimes you'll ask somebody, you know, how was this one thing or how was your week or even a little more heated? Maybe what do you think of this idea or product? And they can't stop talking. Um, and I know that as a leader, it's so important when you're leading a meeting to um, keep it productive, respect everybody's time. And there's and I find this as a keynote speaker. Uh, and it's funny, I'm doing it right now. I'm talking and talking um, as a keynote speaker. Somebody in the audience will maybe stand up and ask a question. And I could tell that they want to hold me down and get this question really deeply answered, especially if it's personal to them. How do you um, tactfully navigate someone who is dominating a meeting? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's one simple situation 
that is, you know, if, if you just feels, if you just feel that it's, it's going off topic or it's, it's, it's relevant only to one other person in, in a larger group meeting, the obvious thing is, Hey, you know, why, why don't you two take this offline? Um, or, you know, we create you two just discuss it and, and come back with, with a solution, right? Because in the end, you know, we want to, want to be effective. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's, that's, that's certainly one. And, and the other one is, you know, also if this is sort of repeats itself, it's really taking that person to the side and say, Hey, look, um, I've noticed that you've been dominating um, these meetings. Uh, we want to have everybody heard and, and we, you know, we want to, to do this or, also just just very actively the same i said with with the remote setup really just address the people who haven't been contributing and say hey look, what is what is your opinion mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. what um what is your thought and and you know you know that some people are are less um comfortable in contributing and and are more um introverted than than others and and you obviously have to take that into account as well they may not like to be exposed like that but again right if you want everybody to be heard um it's it's necessary to do that um yeah yeah i was also looking at your state of meeting report and it was saying that you know 44 percent of people are saying that poor, poorly organized meetings mean they don't have enough time to do the rest of their work 43 percent said it leads to confusion 38 percent said they don't focus on projects as a result um, or a loss of their focus, 31% says slow progress, and 26% said it inefficient processes are going to weaken their client-supplier relationships. So I'm curious about a lot about your company culture and just wanting to learn from you about that. Um, what do you think are a couple of um, things that make the Doodle culture unique that anybody listening might want to consider adding into their culture? Yeah, so it's um, it's very participative culture very democratic um in a sense and uh, i think it's it's very deeply rooted in in how you know this this company was was formed it's also sort of culturally even though we're a very international workforce it's culturally very deeply rooted in in the swiss culture which is direct democracy everybody um, is heard and so on and so forth and so that's that's certainly one um and then there is a yeah general helpfulness and 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 just being being open to help help your peers mm-hmm. so the the dominant feedback i hear from from every new joiner is like hey everybody's so so happy to help me and so open you know with with their time to get me started and to explain me what this and that means and to jump in um if i have if i have a problem um, so it's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a big bonding, uh, bonding around, uh, around you know, being helpful and being friendly and being open to, to, to give a, give a helping hand. Got it. Okay. And, um, anybody who's listening, you know, who maybe wants to initiate one big change in the way that 
their remote meetings are run because I know a lot of people in this increasingly globalized world, um, they want to connect. And I saw in your meetings report that about 76% of people prefer face-to-face. And I know that when you have a remote company, that's just not as accessible. So what would be um, a couple ways for somebody to carry a good spirit of culture into remote meetings and make more of an impact as a contributor? Yeah. So what, what what we are making very good experience with is 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 really sort of keeping keeping the the, the status sharing status or sharing information part of the meeting um, in in more of a written format mm-hmm. so that so that when you get into a meeting there's already a summary of you know what have the different people been working on, especially when it's a team meeting, a, re- a recurring meeting where you say, hey, look, we just want to sh- share uh, what, what, what we've been working on, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's worked, what hasn't, uh, where are some dependencies, where do I need somebody else's contribution, and so on and so forth. And so it's really helpful to write that down beforehand. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then often what also happens is that even before we get into a meeting, people start asking questions and commenting uh, and comment on on that document mm. right and so and so either these questions get um, answered in comments forth and backs on the document or it's it's easy conversation starters for the meeting where it's like hey let's go through the comments that are not resolved yet and and clarify you know what uh, uh, what the people meant uh, when writing that down, or what the question, what was what was unclear about it, and so you can you can really very quickly get sort of the information sharing part um, out of the way and have everybody on the same page, and and then go into into more of discussion topics that that we also try to define beforehand, where we say, look, these are the topics I'd like to discuss um, in this in this meeting, and everybody, you know, there's an open list of topics everybody can contribute to and puts his his, his name on it uh, his or her name on it and then and then we go through these discussion topics and and hopefully you know get to a decision or to a to a to some to-dos um of what we need to do to do next around um that and and that you know by having this written down starting point it it keeps a shared sort of um piece of information that is accessible to everybody, you know, whether they're in the same meeting room or at home or in one of our other locations. Got it. Okay. Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, our e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, and you'd like to try a free version of our job hunting course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash job offer. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash job offer. Now let's get back to this week's episode. You know, I'm also really inspired to ask you about creativity because I know that in a highly productive culture, sometimes we don't consider the space and what, you know, air that we all need on our schedule to be creative. And I know that according to a lot of futurists, that creativity is going to be one of the most sought after skills in tomorrow's workforce with robots and AI taking over. 
And so I, I would love to hear from you. What are some of your favorite ways to spark creativity, both for yourself and at Doodle in the culture? For for myself, what I see what I see as a as a nuisance or something that inhibits my creativity is um, is these constant constant notifications, right? Be it from uh, from our, from your Slack or from email or from any other tool you're you're using that that keeps bombarding you with with information and and you feel like you have to act immediately and, and answer and so on and so forth. So what I what I'm using is is really get away from that for for you know deep thought and and back to paper and and a pencil, right? Quite literally, and and just be with that piece of paper. I've actually recently switched to digital paper, and I'm using a, a, an amazing product I, I can only recommend, which is called a, a Remarkable, the Remarkable Tablet. Hmm. It's a it's a digital paper, and you can you can do uh, you know it really feels very good for writing, and can then be shared and reused, and uh, and you know infinite number of pages. Anyway. No notifications there, right? Mm. No distraction, and just you with your uh, with your white sheet of paper. I think that's really important, and we don't have enough of that time usually at, at our hands. But when I do, that's that's how I do it. Um, in in the group setting, and again, also for remote meetings, we are we are using some of these, you know, infinite um, canvases online. Um, one is called uh, the, the tool we are using is called uh, Miro, um, and uh, and it just gives you a white space that you know with uh, with post-it notes, um, virtual post-it notes, and so on and so forth, and everybody can contribute. Everybody can see how things um, are popping up, and you can actually do a, a regular workshop where you'd usually have to be in the same room very, very effectively um, online and in a distributed setting as well. So that's that's one where, where we use and, and there what I what we find very effective is is having sort of time boxed um, questions and everybody thinks about um, you know this question and puts down as many post-its as possible in, in the time box and then we come back together and, and share. So it's 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 kind of this going back back and forth from individual thinking, what is my thoughts about these questions, and so on and so forth. And then back into the group setting again, sharing, hey, these these were the things that, that I thought about, about this question. And that's where many new ideas come up or where you see, you know, clusters of, of similar ideas that that emerge from from different people having having similar thoughts. So that's, I think, really a, a powerful way, this mixing of individual thinking and, and sharing in the group. Okay. And I know that, you know, I was reading that, according to research, that your imagination is actually better when you're fatigued, which I thought was really quite funny. But it makes sense, <laughs> I guess, you're, when your body's tired, you can kind of just float off into fantasy land, I guess. But, you know, I also know that one thing that is very fatiguing for a lot of people is is to-do list. And I'm sure that you've got a, quite an opinion on how to navigate to-do list, should, should you even have them. I have a, an approach to to-do list. How do you navigate along? to-do list yeah so um i'm kind of i'm, I'm using a kind of a getting things done approach where i try to really put 
every thought um, or everything that that needs an action from my side into one to-do list that then that I, I then go through and, and prioritize and see hey what are the things that I need to do today and for those things that I, I really need to do today I then put reminders on and, and really make sure that, that they're in my face and and I, I and I go do them so it's it's, it's a very sort of active um, list for me that 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 I that I work on and that I have in in all of my digital tools be that email or 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 any other thing I have some way to get stuff into my main to-do list um, so that there is you know nothing escapes it that's that's kind of how how I navigate that okay and um, you know, is there anything that you're doing to be more productive in managing your to-do list as far as getting things done? Like I'm, I'm big on batching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, like I only do phone calls or podcasts a certain day of the week and then other days of the week I'm only writing because I find that it's really challenging for my brain to shift gears. And I know everybody who's in the workforce, maybe they're not fully um, in charge of their schedule, but I'm sure that there's a lot they could do to be more productive. You know, if they're taking client calls, maybe only doing that in the morning or figuring out when their body has the best rhythm. Like, you know, I know I read recently that being a morning person is genetic and it's so interesting because we're taught to, you know, there's this whole movement in America. I don't know if you guys have that in Switzerland, but they talk about joining the 5am club, like get up early, get a big start to your day when really some people's bodies are not meant for that. So do you have any hacks if somebody's looking at a really big to-do list that would help them get more done um, more productively? Yeah, I think, I think the, the batching part is, is certainly, is certainly one. Um, I have to say that, that I'm, um, I have usually a day that is, is quite sort of cut into pieces because I obviously do have a lot of meetings. Um, many of them are also just one-on-one meetings to you know keep driving things um, in my team forward, in my immediate team, in the minute management team forward. Um, and so and so I don't I don't usually get that sort of longer chunk of time where I can just say hey let's let me get through through these these number of um, meetings. What I'm rather trying to do is is saying hey by when should I have this or that done today? And just uh, you know, trying to trying to prioritize the the stuff that I need to get done for the day, and just planning a day ahead. And then you know, next day you plan the next day, and and so so just having this this horizon that seems more manageable of what do I need to do today? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wanted to also ask you about hiring because I know that you've probably hired some top performers. What are you looking for for everybody listening who wants to be seen by, you know, an executive like you when they're interviewing for their job? What are a couple standout um, questions that you've asked that you really love the answer or just some feedback for anybody listening that wants to interview better and impress a CEO like you when they are trying to get their next level? Yeah. So one of, one of, my, one of my favorite questions is, when is the last time in in your workplace that you completely changed your mind and 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 why <laughs> and what i think what i think this this tests is is you know how how flexible is your thinking how open are you 
to change and and how open are you to new information because i think one of the one of the hardest things really to do is 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 keeping an open mind to hey the world around you changes right so i i need to adapt and when new information comes up uh, and new data comes up i cannot stick to the old view and 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 i need to change uh, to change my opinion and but i also then and that's where the and why comes in i need to argue you know why did i change my opinion what were the pieces of data um and new facts that that came in that that you know warranted that change of uh, of opinion so i think that really tests yeah these these great uh, great attributes that i'm i'm looking for of of open-minded flexible agile um but also you know data driven uh, i know it's a buzzword but really taking taking up new data and 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 processing it mhm mhm okay and can you repeat the question for anybody who's taking notes just in case they missed it yeah sure so uh, when's the last time in in the workplace that you have completely changed your opinion um on on something and and why okay beautiful and you know what are some things that you know outside of that sort of question that when you're interviewing somebody what are some things that they're doing that to you in your head because i know that a lot of people want to get in the head of their interviewer what what are some things somebody does that makes you think wow this is a top performer this is somebody that i probably will want to hire just off of the bat so one of the the other attributes i'm really looking for is being yeah it's it's is actually really having having their own opinion and their expertise so i know that i do not know everything or actually that i do not know most of the things and that's why i'm hiring top performers in their category because yeah. they need to know more about um you know what i'm hiring them for than i do and so what i'm looking for really is for people who come with their own thoughts and their own solutions and and their own ways to improve um you know their part of the business and 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 the company and and the moment i i start to to bring in too many of of my ideas and and my thoughts it's it's a little bit of a warning sign for me that i have the impression hey there there's not enough coming from 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 the other person and so so that's that's where i i leave also a lot of freedom um to people once i i hire them uh, expecting exactly this behavior of coming back to me and 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 providing you know the thoughts and and, and solutions that that bring us uh, forward mm okay and um You know, this has been so helpful. I know a lot of people are probably going to be thinking a lot and after this episode I'm going to be doing a whole breakdown on on meetings just looking at your report. It's so much good information in there. Um just as we're closing out, um number 1, like what is one thing that if you could just impart anything from this entire interview for somebody to implement into their job today that you would love for them to implement and then just let us know how we can all find you uh and get started with Doodle. Uh yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I think I think one one thing to do right today is just uh, be mindful of 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 how you set meetings and how you um you know, 
would you invite? Is, are the right people in there? And how can you make it more easiest for them to join and to have an effective meeting? And you know, use some of some of these small tips that I that I said before, like you know, naming it the right way, give people an agenda, and just give people context so they know they come to the meeting in the right um, state of mind, and that will make your life easier and everybody else's life who is impacted by that meeting or by the number of meetings um, much, much better. So I think that is what I hope we can also bring to to the workplace is, is really making people happier um, in the workplace because they feel like they're, they're using their time in, in a wise way and, and their, their time is being valued and they're using it um, for things that bring them and the company forward um, instead of you know, going out um, at the end of the day and, and asking them, what did I actually achieve today? I was sitting in this <laughs> meetings. So that's what we are hoping to bring to, bring to the people. And uh, and yeah, uh, easiest to get to me is yeah uh, to doodle obviously doodle.com. Try it out. There's a lot of uh, great features in there. Uh, bring it into your company. Uh, we're and bring people uh, along. The more people use it, the more useful it gets. And uh, yeah. Mm, okay. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you. Hey, U-Turners. I'm just reflecting on the episode. It's Ashley Stahl here, your host. And uh, one thing that was really present for me as I was sitting with my conversation with Gabriel was just this idea of productivity in general and my curiosity of how can we start to be more productive in our day-to-day lives. And one of the things I've noticed about myself and other people is that we all have different ways of harnessing our energy and optimizing our creativity and our output. And there's a couple things. Number one, um, we're not always going to be in a season of creation um, and output. Sometimes we need to be in a season of consumption where we're taking in information, collecting it um, with the goal of outputting something that harnesses it. And one of the ways that I've optimized myself when it comes to productivity, there's a couple things. Um, the first thing is batching. I know a lot of you uh, probably have heard this term before, but I batch uh, based on my energy. So I would say if you could look at your work week and come up with like maybe three to five categories of how you spend your time, like how often are you with people? How often are you doing emails? How often are you writing? How often are you on the phone? And if there's anything you can do from a productivity standpoint to create consistency in your schedule batching, that is completely saved me. So what I do, though I am an entrepreneur, I think you probably have some level of control over your schedule at work and how you're using your time there to meet your goals is I schedule one, no more than two days a week for phone calls. So one is like my main day where it's all day. And then the second one is a half day in the morning. Um, I do that because I know that when I'm in phone call mode and conversation mode, I'm using one piece of my, one section of my brain. I sound like a really genius scientist saying that, but 
And then other days I know, and this is where know thyself becomes really important with productivity. I know that in order for me to create, I need a lot of space, meaning like I can't hop off of a call and have a 20 minute slot, do this, do that. Like it doesn't serve my creativity. I don't usually tend to create things that really serve the world. And so, um, I've created a, a space day, a creative day where my, my goal is to be creative, whether that means putting things on paper, looking at my calendars, coming up with content ideas, executing on them, outlining them, delegating them, whatever have you. Um, I get that if you're in your job right now, maybe you don't have the time to create a creative day, but if you have writing or you have client meetings, what I would encourage you to do from a productivity standpoint is batch it and go into one mode per day. And maybe you have a small slice of time at the start of the day that is kind of like a catch all for everything. Um, and you have recurring time in the day, maybe two times a day where you do email. So, um, you know, it's interesting because I think that sometimes when people think about scheduling or being a little bit more tight on their schedule, they think that it limits their freedom. But my answer has been that scheduling and, um, consistency and batching has given me freedom. That discipline has given me so much freedom because uh, I know that the days that I set aside as open days get to be open days because I'm really using the best of myself when I'm in one mode. So um, I don't know if this is helpful. I would love to hear from you, but batching has totally changed my life. And the second thing that's changed my life is uh, having a planner. And I think I'm the only person left in 2020 with a handwritten planner. Um, what I found is if I have a really big project and let's say it's due in May, I'll write it down in my project in May and I'll write down everything that that project needs of me. And I'll start to schedule blocks out of time, um, working my way back from the due date. You know, so let's say I'm releasing a new course. I'll, I'll write down all of the modules I need to write, how many days I need to write each module, how many days I need to make the slides and the videos and stuff like that. And I'll look at each piece of it and just start scheduling it backwards or I'll get an idea of, okay, this needs 30 work days. I'm going to schedule these work days or this needs 30 half days, you know, whatever it is. So what I would encourage you to do is if you have a really big goal, look at it. Um, consider having a handwritten calendar. It's totally saved me. Digital is amazing, but there's something about being able to write in there, cross it off, move things around, reconfigure that you just can't do digitally. Um, and I've just found my favorite planner on uh, Amazon. So nothing fancy here. And I've just absolutely loved this. It's changed my life. I've been able to create more than I can even explain to you because I'm doing it this way. So just a couple tips on productivity. I'm sending you lots of love. I would love to hear how these resonate. If you're doing any of these at Ashley Stahl on Instagram, and I hope you're having a great day. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, 
and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.